Okay, so good evening everyone and welcome. So, um, can you hear me okay? So let's begin our evening together with chanting the refuges and precepts. Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tasa bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Buddham Sarnam Gajami Dhamman Sarnam Gajami Sangam Sarnam Gajami Dutiyampi Buddham Sarnam Gajami Dutiyam bi dhammam sarnam yajami Dutiyam bi sangam sarnam yajami Tatiyam bi buddham sarnam yajami Dutiyam bi dhammam sarnam yajami Tatiyampi Sangam Dharnam Gajami Panatipata Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Adinadana Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Abramajariya Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Musavada Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Sura Maria Majapamadatana Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Vikala Pojana Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Nachakita Vadita Visukatasana Malakanda Vilepana Marana Mandana Vibhusanatana Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami Uchasayana Mahasayana Viramani Sikapadam Samadhyami 
idam me silam makapalanyanasa pachayo tu. So um, this evening, I'd like to um, follow along uh, offering some reflections and teachings around kind of two two themes um, I've been touching on recently here. And uh, one is imagery and the value and usefulness that that can uh, have, the um, help it can give us in understanding, in uh, practicing, in cultivating imagery, similes, metaphors, using these all, or unless it's the same sort of thing. And we've touched on some similes from the Buddha, and also um, imagery from teachers, more recent teachers, uh, and also really want to include kind of our own creativity. I think it's one of the ways that wisdom can express itself, or you know, the way that when we're trying to uh, describe an experience and we say it's like something. Uh, so much of experience can can feel elusive or you know hard to articulate precisely uh, with concept and imagery and simile and the different ways it, it's used can can help us to both express and to kind of hear and get a felt sense of of a teaching. Yeah, or of, of, of an experience that we're trying to express. So I've, 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 maybe this is different for different people. Like some of us are more inclined, perhaps that way, our minds more wired that way, and others not. So I want to weave in some images and um, also some more conceptual um, ideas around the theme of equanimity. So equanimity, 
um, I don't know, you know, what comes to mind when you hear that, um, or what you sense in the heart, or what you might, uh, you know, how you might describe that experience, that quality. Do you know? Do you know equanimity? Do you know when it's present? Do you know when it's absent? What does it feel like? So that in a way all of all of this is sort of in the service of that reflection of that inquiry of that even just while we're sitting together it's like is there any equanimity yeah <laughs> maybe maybe a little maybe a lot maybe don't really know uh yeah what is that and I, my sense is, as with all the, the great qualities of mind, the wholesome qualities, maybe this is true of the more troublesome qualities as well, that, that they're really multifaceted. Like I, I found myself saying this month several times, nothing is one thing. Right? It's kind of multiconditional, multifaceted, and maybe it's sort of that sense of how equanimity... Can, can feel different or express itself differently or depending on conditions and depending on the mind that's perceiving that quality. So I hope you can, you know, if, as they go through the offerings, teachings and images that you could even just let it all float by and just devote this time to just feeling into that quality, being open, receptive to that quality, equanimity. What might we understand or already know about that? And I feel like, for me, it can often feel like I don't really think there is any. And then (laughs) I think about it a bit and I say, wow, I could be a lot more all over the place than I am. So I think actually there must be some equanimity. Mm. Okay, good. So I think this is very important, I think, with all of the cultivations and reflections on the, the great wholesome qualities is that we can idealize them. And I think that's, that can be a problem with some imagery. You know, perhaps, you know, can we, can we allow it to be mm, inspiring? rather than intimidating. <laughs> oh, I can never be like that. She's so like this, or he's so like, you know, this, oh, you know, or the idea of, you know, supreme equanimity, and, you know, like this, maybe this statue behind me is like this, yeah, I can never, you know, that's just, um, can we make it inspiring, encouraging, this is possible, Right, that's very interesting. So there's there's something to cultivate, something to aspire to. It um, it's like lifts you up, doesn't it? It's like there's a kind of rather than oh god, I'm never gonna get there. I've just got to keep going. 
so far, I don't know, maybe is it worth it? <laughs> so perhaps this image of the Buddha sitting, touching the earth, you know, actually I think could be a very powerful sign, you know, for all sorts of wholesome qualities. We can maybe tune into the different ones, you know, see, them, see, the, see the equanimity. And I, yeah, so... Um, yeah feels like there's something very um, uh, key to equanimity key condition for the is this touching the earth is this um, both that aspirational sense of it but also this body on the earth body on the earth now, I sometimes wonder if that's all practice is really asking of us to be to be a live, awake body on the earth. Which you know, as I say that, I think, wow, there's so many, there's so much that keeps us separate somehow from this earth and our deep, deep connection and belonging and. The strength, the strength uh, that comes from this this being a body on this earth. Mm. So there's going to be quite a lot of different images. I hope you can let them arise and pass without conflict, struggle, or harm, which is a simile from the Buddha from the teaching on that advice to Rahula, one of the, I feel like, good equanimity kind of inspiration. And develop a mind that is vast like space um, in which experiences, both pleasant and unpleasant, can appear and disappear without conflict, struggle or harm. So there's a, a simile from the Buddha. Now, again, for some people, I think that that sense of space, you know, so we'll be visiting some different, you know, we've got the earth and space, which um, I, uh, I think in the teaching of Joseph Goldstein, as I've listened to it, maybe perhaps you have too, like this, 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 uh, this is a theme in the way he talks about practice and I think equanimity. Um, so I wanted to share a, a definition that he, he has somewhere, not sure where, um, of equanimity. And this is interesting because this is a more, if you like, a conceptual, would you call it a sentence, you know, with ideas and they link and... It's different from image, isn't it? It's a more sort of linear sort of this is this and then it's that and, you know. And I, what I think is really interesting is to, to sort of feel how that, that that's a slightly different mode of mind and maybe can work together with an image, the imagery and the more, if you like, step-by-step step sort of more... Uh, Rational discourse, we might say, can be 
really helpful as well. Maybe, yeah, kind of different angles on something. So he said equanimity is the mind space, it's the space um, of impartiality and a non-reactive easefulness of mind that is open to seeing the whole of different situations and experiences. Okay, so as I was saying, you know, it's like equanimity, and there's a lot of different pieces there, aren't there? And that maybe it's like kind of just, again, different facets. And perhaps it's helpful for some of us to to think of the mind as being a space, uh, this sense of impartiality, you know, like the Buddha is saying, it's pleasant, unpleasant, non-reactive easefulness, open to seeing the whole of different situations and experiences. So, maybe we could pick out any one of those um, that might help to kind of connect us with some equanimity. Think about how you're in a bit of a tangle with yourself and you can just somehow get a bit wider, get round it, get some sense of stepping back, you know, and then see see kind of more of the whole. You know, I'm not sure I ever see the whole of anything. Perhaps Joseph does. Um, <laughs> more of it, anyway. <laughs> more of it. More of it, right? So you're kind of the context and sort of somehow that widening, the whole, and even just that intention. It's like, okay, what... that that You know, because often when there's any kind of dukkha, it gets smaller, doesn't it? So... And, and partiality is happening. Want this, don't want that. So to me, in terms of sort of direct cultivation of equanimity, there's a lot of, like, we could really take that sentence and hang out with it for a whole month, I think, very fruitfully. Um, yeah. And and I also wondered at some point, maybe I'll say it now, is how equanimity is, of course, also well understood to be a a result of practice, right? You know, it's the fourth Brahma-Vihar, it's the seventh awakening factor, it's, uh, where else is it, key lists? Anyway, there's some other ones. What is that? When you have a list, there's always one you can't remember whether it's seven or six or, anyway. Um, so there's some sense of that being a culminating quality, you know, a result of skillful practice. Um, so that's really lovely as well, that we can kind of, like sometimes, you know, notice, ah, oh, there is equanimity, equanimity is being cultivated, it is here to some extent, you know, that skillful practice is, it is, uh, is bringing that into being. It's like you don't have to wait 10 years, you know, till you've sort of done it and then you can experience equanimity. Um, 
So another definition from uh, Christina Feldman, which maybe points to some other other aspects or other facets, could be helpful. A, a equanimity is a quality of inner balance imbued with awareness, care and compassion uh, that is fully engaged with the events of every moment both inwardly and outwardly. So again, that's quite a complex sentence, isn't it? It's all different aspects of it. And I think, you know, if I spent a long time with either of those sentences, I might develop an image that for me could sort of hold all those different sort of facets and help me to, in practice, to kind of hold a sense of those different aspects of equanimity. So inner balance which is in this definition kind of emphasized at the beginning rather than the mind space. So it's very interesting, different angles, different teachers, different experience, all pointing to the kind of the same thing, really, the same experience, but just highlighting different ways, different aspects of it. So imbued with awareness, care and compassion, So I think that's really an interesting reflection on equanimity as a form of love, which makes most sense, I guess, if you look at it as the fourth Brahma Vihara, that that there's a sense of that being a really important sort of way in, a way of practicing, way of cultivating, of of understanding that it has a a relational power or a gift or um, a connecting um, a connecting power right because maybe like the near enemy of equanimity right indifference or disconnection or passivity or oh that's that over there you know um, and this sense of like this definition it's fully engaged with the events of, of the moment of you know in inner and outer actually present actually intimate with and yet steady with so so maybe that's a helpful kind of okay there's, there's something here which is not Distance. It's not set aside from life. It's somewhere here in the in the middle. That's another, that's another in there in here in there there in the middleness. In the midst of of life. Hmm. Yeah, so maybe um, just go on to, uh, I wanted to share some teachings around equanimity. And this is uh, uh, from Ajahn Suchito. Equanimity recognizes that things are flowing, changing, shifting. You stay open to the flow of experience and don't make a final 
statement. This is with regard to we sense of what's happening, if you like, in our in our experience, you know, and if whatever with others as well. Recognizing that things are flowing. So here's just one point that more could be said about how wisdom and equanimity really kind of support each other or, or somehow come together, right? So if, you, if you're really seeing the flowing, changing nature of experience, right? And that's, especially when that happens pretty steadily for a while, isn't that conducive to equanimity? Isn't there a sense of like the mind kind of, ah, oh, you know, that as an attitude or even just a sense of more evenness or steadiness or groundedness. So I think that's, that's a really interesting, helpful kind of uh, angle on the cultivation of equanimity. It's actually through this... Um, mindfulness practice where we're really always I think aren't we kind of reminding ourselves to be aware of things coming and going appearing disappearing and that gradually or perhaps I guess sometimes it's quite suddenly it just really shifts and there's oh and there's that space there's more non-reactivity there's a kind of sort of refinding some balance in the face of, of conditions. So recognizing that things are flowing, changing. And equanimity as supporting you to stay open to the flow of experience without having to make a final statement, a conclusion. Right, this is what it is this is what I've got to do right sorted that out that's who they are right now I know I'm going to go and tell them that good done like what are you going to do now I mean really it's like I've got it sorted out so now I can oh hmm yeah well uh yeah <laughs> okay so so just let's take a few moments if you you're willing to just either that sense of relating with others like other you know people here us here little humans in this space together (laughs) the comedy the tragedy (laughs) and everything in between and all of what that is I mean, we can't possibly know the whole of that, can we? We're amazing. I just, wow. <laughs> All human beings are. You know, and so what's it like, how, how to bring equanimity into being around people? not an image is it but I think that's the way I it's like kind of like an image only with noises and hand movements 
you know, it's just what 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 is there? I know, and this is like we talk about this in the one to ones sometimes, and I'm sure in the, in the group, and it's like even on retreat, or maybe especially on retreat, like our basic patterning in terms of how we relate to people mm-hmm, shows up, right? Well, oh, I like that one, don't like that one, I'm scared of everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Like, they're better than me, they're worse than me. I don't like... Yeah, so... It's so interesting. I remember when I first retreats I started coming and I was like wow I was so surprised at the intensity of some of that relational material it's all silent you know and then gradually over the years I think realizing wow this is where you get to see what your mind is doing and who it's creating and in life you don't tend to do that you tend to just believe it all and not know that's what you're doing. Ah! <laughs> Can get you into trouble, right? Ah, so, so, um, this sense of maybe practicing here, this, um, don't make a final statement about yourself, about anybody else. But I know, I know I'm not as good as them, I just know it. So also from Ajahn Suchito, in equanimity is even-minded empathy that allows for process in ourselves and others, stays with changing weathers, no pressure, emotionally sensitive yet unflustered. There's an aspiration. Oh, I like that would be great. <laughs> you know, so again, I mean, maybe sometimes, but I find that so, again, the tendency of the mind to kind of, you know, fix and try and make it and make them figure it all out and make it okay and make the other person okay, make the relationship okay, you know. Oh, dear. Um, how about staying with the process of, and some sense of not knowing, not knowing ourselves, not knowing other people, and what happens when you just come from Brahma Viharas, you know, come with 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 the intention of equanimity, and that could be an interesting practice, isn't it, to bring into our life, <laughs> like just you know for a while. See, I haven't actually ever done that. That's quite a good idea. You know. um, to really really highlight that intention of. Sensitive but unflustered. Yeah, okay. Oh. So other people, just one other thing from Ajahn Suchito, I know. With equanimity, I can tune into where you're at, up or down, and that doesn't change my empathy with you. Further, it comes with the understanding that whatever you're going through right now will change. And I trust your capacity to pass through this phase. So maybe with those people in our life, you know, we're particularly close to, or there are particular different kinds of relationships are there where just 
what would it what would it what would it bring to that relationship or to to your you know to your experience who knows what to the other person's experience we can't have that much say over that necessarily but again sort of allowing that's what you're going through right now I often this comes up a bit for me in interviews where I want to help you so badly you know I'm like Especially if it's suffering, you know, it's like so it's, don't want you to suffer, you know. And and how how you know what so often feels most helpful is sort of the opposite of that, isn't it? Like just just support, love, listening. Really, really, it's this thing about trusting, trusting, and sort of seeing the wisdom in you and seeing the the potential and see, of hearing the and just simply bearing witness to that and i i i i guess that i've when i've been in the yogi seat that's been what's been most important to me i think um my teachers so equanimity how we, you know, how, how informing how we show up with with ourselves, if you like, and and also with others, and this 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 real sense of uh, allowing change to be happening, and uh, you know, things can change, people can shift. It's like it can just allowing. Maybe even just having that sense of really allow, like I'm with you or with someone else or whoever you're with, you know, it's like really like an intention to allow change. That's really not having an idea about what it is and what it has to be and just, okay, make space for some for some of that. So um, I also wanted to touch on uh, some uh, images or similes for um, the more, you could say, active or dynamic sense of, of equanimity as a, a balance, balancing, right? So rather than there's this state I've got to get to and then I've got it, Right, great, got it, arrived, you know, and then, I don't know what, the, the you know, panel alarm goes off. Oh, that didn't last very long. <laughs> um, but balancing, balancing. So I just want to share, I've, I find this so helpful, kind of like... Uh, different images come to mind. So, you know, those dolls, I don't know if it was a Russian doll, it's got a weight in the bottom and you push it like that and then it goes boing, that sort of image of like, you know, getting kind of knocked over and you kind of come up again. So it doesn't mean that you're just like, you know, that's it, I'm equanimous, arrive forever, get over it. Yeah, I'm really equanimous now. Um, yeah, feels good actually. Like, yeah, 
um, something more dynamic and responsive. And so maybe equanimity might feel manifest a bit different in each moment, you know, depending on conditions. So there's sort of a subtle sense of um, stillness. Stillness. You know, if you watch a really wonderful dancer, aren't they? Aren't they kind of still? There's like a stillness, a centeredness as they're moving and everything. But there's you can like there's stillness there as well. So maybe that's sort of a sense of equanimity that is more like honouring both the. This, this kind of stillness and also the responsiveness that they don't it doesn't have to be one or the other hmm. so I love this image from I think it's from Shantideva walking evenly on uneven ground so this is great for walking around here you know in the woods with all the tree roots and all of all the, the creatures and just the sense of walking and every step is a bit different isn't it and it's just the the crowns and then their roots and walking evenly on uneven ground Hmm. again that might not resonate for you so that's, that's fine I'm just trying to offer a few different images surfing anybody surfing you do not have to put your hand up it's all right just, I have never surfed. Just, but what a wonderful image! Again, sort of picking up this same kind of kind of sense of like moving with a natural phenomenon of the waves, which may be helpful to see the mind more in that way. It's just like waves, you know. And how do we surf? And then you know we fall off and we go on. It's like sort of coming up and spluttering and getting on the board again so again I like that image but I always appreciate images that allow for mistakes and falling off getting back on again I find that encouraging and I can remember times maybe you've experienced these times where you know at the end of a long retreat or something wow it's really equanimity is so strong and you're just just surfing everything it's like really easeful but I just don't I don't think it can all I don't know it doesn't for me it doesn't always feel like as easy and graceful as that um, so maybe there's some other image I haven't found yet which is more <laughs> compassionate towards the clum- the clumsy the clumsiness and the awkwardness and the getting it a bit wrongness, but is still the cultivation of equanimity. So anyway, balancing could be others, but um, I'm doing okay. So um, yeah, I've got a, a couple more things to touch on. Um, I think I started off talking about ground earth right sort of body body on the earth and um the the rock often when i come and i i look at the buddha and i bow to the buddha i'm also bowing to the rock that's really wonderful kind of sort of invitation 
maybe to get in touch with the earth, mountain, rock, the sort of earth element, um, both physically, but also there's a kind of mental, like there's another part of the advice to Rahula, the sutta from the Buddha, where he also says develop a mind that's like a mountain. So I want to share with you one of my favorite um, mountain mountain passages and I, I sometimes do practice with this and uh, find it really wonderful it's from Sharon Salzberg's book The Kindness Handbook which is in the library so as I read it just if you want to kind of just connect with your inner mountain <laughs> sit like a mountain Sit with a sense of strength and dignity. Be steadfast. Be majestic. Be natural and at ease in awareness. No matter how many winds are blowing, no matter how many lions are prowling, Be intimate with everything and sit like a mountain. So maybe some of these images resonate, maybe not. Maybe there's some sense of tuning into some aspect of equanimity. And Just with with what's happening now, very simple. So, um, last thing I'd like to share, if I brought it with me. Some of you may have heard me do this before. I'm going to share with you a section of the Big Mind Meditation from Joseph. He gave me permission to do this. I've transcribed um, part of a guided meditation that he's given. And um, just to... It's kind of going back to that sense of space. So we're kind of cycling around a bit through sort of different elements, aren't we? Space and water, we haven't touched on so much. 
let it happen and uh, earth so there may be um, you know other other images other teachings that help you to connect with this but I think this uh, this I'll just I'm not going to do the whole meditation but this um, developing a mind that is vast like space so I feel like that's very much connected with this that we just while I go through it if you like you can just kind of um, follow along and see see what see what uh, might be helpful a sense of space the mind that aspect of mind that is spacious and being able to um, yeah sometimes maybe practice like that can be helpful okay so do feel free to shift your posture if you'd like to or stand or and then we'll go we'll go through this and then we'll finish Sit comfortably, as comfortably as possible, settling into the awareness of body, just sitting, letting the mind open to the awareness of sound, not looking for any particular sound simply sitting at ease, sitting in the silence, becoming aware of whatever sounds may appear in the open, empty space of the mind. There may be loud, distinct sounds. There may be soft background sounds. The sound of my voice. Perhaps the sound of silence. Simply sitting at ease. aware of how all these sounds, distinct or indistinct, arise, appear and vanish in the open, empty sky of the mind. There's nothing to do, nothing to be, nothing to have. It's all happening by itself.
letting the eyes relax, letting the shoulders relax, letting the belly relax, sitting quite at ease, simply aware of whatever sounds appear and change and disappear in the open, empty space of the mind. Letting the mind rest at ease, simply being aware whenever sounds should become apparent, (coughs) rising and passing in the open space of awareness.
So thank you for your attention, for your practice, for your good-heartedness, your dedication. May your practice be for our happiness and welfare and for the happiness and welfare of all beings everywhere. So let's close our time together by chanting the reflection, reflections on the sharing of blessings. that arises from my practice may my spiritual teachers and guides of great virtue my mother my father and my relatives the sun and the moon and all virtuous leaders of the world May the highest gods and evil forces, celestial beings, guardian spirits of the earth, and the Lord of death, may those who are friendly, indifferent or hostile, May all beings receive the blessings of my life. May they soon attain the threefold bliss and realize the deathless. Through the goodness that arises from my practice and through this act of sharing, May all desires and attachments quickly cease and all harmful states of mind until I realize Nibbana in every kind of birth. May I have an upright mind with mindfulness and wisdom austerity and vigor. May the forces of delusion not take hold, nor weaken my resolve. The Buddha is my excellent refuge, unsurpassed is the protection of the Dhamma. The solitary Buddha is my noble guide. The Sangha is my supreme support. Through the supreme power of all these, 
May darkness and delusion be dispelled. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.